Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. Your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sereski, and Herschel Walker is dumb as a bag of jade eggs. And have we got a heck of a show for you this week. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for tuning in early, all our Patreon subscribers. Oh, Patreon, while you're talking about it, let's just say it's at UncleMonster6 on Patreon. Go there and give us money and get a lot of free stuff that's awesome. Including early access to our regular episodes and our series of bonus episodes. Now, uh, like all... Oh, go ahead. Well, let's talk about... Let's hit them up with the premise. We've hit them with the commercial. Let's get to the show. That's that's what I, I was... Didn't you hear it coming? Great minds think alike, baby. That's right. <laughs> like all episodes of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, uh, Shibble this week, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, or demon, or cryptid, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one of us, me, Ethan has done absolutely no research, and I know nothing about this ghoul. And I shall play the audience surrogate and ask the questions you guys want to know the answers to. And our our ghoul, or cryptid, or thing of the week is... The Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman from, of course, the Netherlands. Uh, yes. But seen, well, I don't want to get too far into it. Let's not go nuts. Let's not no. go nuts yet. So you, know? you, so you admitted your ignorance on this subject. Well, yes, I'm completely uh, ignorant. Although, I for for the first time, I think I have a get. You know how we always, you know, uh, you guys who listen know we uh, we guess mm. when we don't know. And I think I have a correct guess for the first time. I think I know who the Flying Dutchman is. All right, tell me who it is. Well, first, I'm going to give my other theories, just in case. Okay, I'm tell wrong. me the three that you're. Tell me your three jokes, and then tell me what you think. They're not is. jokes; they're theories. <laughs> tell me your three theories. Okay, theory number one: the Flying Dutchman is a Dutch sex act. Okay. Doesn't it sound like one? It sounds like a great way to spend an evening with you and at least two friends. Have you ever given someone a Flying Dutchman? Let me tell you, I have been the Dutchman, and it is <laughs> a. Fun, fun evening. What would that act be? If I if I said I gave a girl a flying Dutchman, what would you picture? Okay, I'm going to picture you are being held up by your hands and feet <laughs> and being lowered up and down into your girlfriend. Oh, my God. All right. Theory number two. I think the flying Dutchman could be the ghost of a World War II fighter pilot. Okay. That would, that would be the Scooby-Doo answer, of course. Maybe he ran out of fuel and disappeared and now forever roams the sky over the Netherlands for some reason and can beam up uh, unsuspecting people. Okay. Yeah, All it right. could be a kidnapping... Uh, uh, World War II pilot who's a ghost. Yes, he could be a kidnapping ghost pilot. Theory number three. The Flying Dutchman is a mustachioed postman from Kansas who drives his delivery van to suburban neighborhoods in the Netherlands and peeps in the windows of women, but only women with pica eating the foam out of their mattresses. Once again, you've confused the Flying Dutchman with me. Well, oh! And those times when I'd love to convert my male vehicle into a boat and drive it across the ocean to the Netherlands. To peep on women with pica. Yes, I'd love to watch them eat the foam from their sofas. Right, so that's well, like their mattresses. On 
my strange addiction. So it is you. Well, no, I'm not oh, the no, flying the Dutchman. Oh, no, the guest was you. No, yes. okay, the guest was you. Okay, yeah, you I got apologize. us mixed up. You heard I was presenting, and you thought that I was being presented. Right, exactly. I apologize. So now it's time for the first time I'm going to get one right. All right. Theory number four. And this is my real answer. It's the right answer. It's not even a guess, I don't think. The Flying Dutchman is early 20th century Hall of Fame baseball player Honus Wagner. That is a Flying Dutchman, but that is not the Flying Dutchman that I'm talking about. But he was one of the best shortstops of all time. Yes, and he was got that nickname because of his German heritage and because of the opera that was composed by Richard Wagner, with whom he shares a last name. That's correct. And they called him Hans Wagner also instead of Honus. That was his nickname, Hans. Yeah, and boy, one heck of a shortstop for the Reds? Pirates. Pirates. Do you know how much his, uh, his baseball card... He has the most valuable baseball card in the world. Do you know how much mm. it sold for in... SGC is a grading company. They graded it a 3 out of 10. Okay, now, so what not do you that think, great. What do you think it sold for? 1.8 million. 6.6. Woo! Damn, I gotta so find that 4. Th- he's the Flying Dutchman. He is a Flying Dutchman. No, he's the Flying Dutchman. Well, maybe... I can convince you otherwise with a little... Let me tell you a little bit. Uh, have you guys heard of this narrative fiction? Well, that's the only way I learn. Okay, so you, you're, you're familiar with the concept. I'll tell you about the original <laughs> Flying Dutchman. I'm we'll devastated it that, that it's not Honus Wagner, by the way, but I, I guess it's uh, yeah. story time, isn't it? Tune in next week to our bonus episode where I give Ethan a brief biography of Honus Wagner. <laughs> You know what it is, uh, Shib? It's story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story Story time! time. You're Dr. Tanner McCorky. (laughs) And you're the plastic surgeon that cares too much. (laughs) That's why you're on this boat, sailing from port to port, performing surgeries across the global south. You're traveling with Médecins Sans Frontières, performing corrective (laughs) surgeries for kids with cleft palates and hair lips. (laughs) Earlier today, you gave this kid the most kissable lips you've ever done. Made that little dude look like Angelina Jolie. You took this kid from having to hide when he eats to being a goddamn mouth model. For fucking free, you're doing this. Why? Because you care too much. <laughs> you think about all these kids with their goofy mouths instead of big, pillowy, silly and Murphy lips, and you want to go put your fist through a goddamn wall. <laughs> they deserve beautiful, kissable Julia Roberts mouths to match their beautiful, kissable souls. <laughs> You're heading north along the West African coast and hope to hit the Ivory Coast tomorrow night according to your captain. You can't wait to get there and start fixing mouths. Fixing mouths and fixing lives. You retire to your cabin after dinner to catch up on a little reading. You grabbed a few magazines before you left port. It seems like it's all bad news around the world. The editors of Maxim tried to put on a brave face, but even their cover model has a tragic air about her. 
Was she thinking about the genocide of the Uyghur people as she leaned over to wash <laughs> the hood of that Lamborghini Huracan? <laughs> was that why she wasn't smiling with her eyes? Does she also care too much? What? Suddenly you hear a commotion out on the poop deck. You put your pants back on and rush outside. <laughs> you see the captain and some deckhands looking out across the water. Other doctors come out of their cabins only to stand gobsmacked by the sight they see. There, gliding on a bank of mist, about a football field away, is a ship. Oh. One of those old tall ships. Its sails in tatters, and it has a faint red glow. Though there is no wind, it moved towards your ship with an alarming speed. You swear you can see the moon straight through her sails. You squeeze in next to the captain by the railing and watch as this phantom slides right up to the SS Minnetonka. Your captain, Sully, no relation, leans <laughs> over to you and whispers, It's the Flying Dutchman, a ghost ship, a bad omen. The captain is wearing a nightgown and a sleeping cap and consequently looks like Ebenezer Scrooge, but you don't say anything. <laughs> Why? Because you care too much. <laughs> Instead, you turn your attention to this crew of the damned aboard the Dutchman. You look at these men, long dead, their hair dry as straw, their skin drawn taut over hollow cheeks. Worst of all, their mouths, their lips cracked, snarled, and scarred. There's not a kissable pair of lips in the bunch. There's not a Willem Dafoe or Steven Tyler amongst these cursed seamen. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. It's almost too much to bear. One makes eye contact with you. Eye contact with you. Help us. We need your help. Captain Sully leans over to you. They say they ask sailors to deliver letters to... Before you can finish, you dive into the water. Why? Because you care too much. <laughs> you swim towards them, and that's how you, Dr. Tanner McCorky, joined the crew of the Flying Dutchman. All right. Thank you. All right. What would you think of that story? I enjoyed it. I, I, I would like to hear a little more about what happened as he became a member of the crew, but I, it was very eerie. I mean, I like the... Um, just the general feeling of the story. You know, it had a very insidious vibe to it. Mm, mm. Well, I know but you're good, a big insidious good. fan. Yeah. Insidious one. Yes, insidious one, but but with less jump scares. Yes. So this uh so that is the Flying Dutchman. It is a cursed uh ghost ship. I was close with ghost um plane. Yes, yes, you were right on the right path there with the supernatural. But unfortunately your official guest was Honus Wagner. So I am going to have to score you a zero. It's still my official guess. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the ghost ship is allegedly a member of the Dutch East India Company uh, oh. from the 17th century, which sunk off the Cape of Good Hope uh, was one point of origin for it. Uh, and it glows with an eerie red or green glow uh, and is sometimes seen floating in the sky. And is what? considered... Yeah, it's seen floating, like, uh, up above the ocean. For what, to what end? Uh, to travel, it's just sailing somewhere. So it's why a, does it, why does it ever go in the water, then? 
uh, maybe uh, the ship's uh, crew uh, like to ask you to deliver letters to their long dead family on shore but if you offer to help them then that's how they end up sucking you in and you join the crew what if you bring the what if you help them by bringing the letters to shore is do they take you or no they never give you the letters oh that oh that's just a, a ruse yeah yeah oh they're liars they are or you know they might be it's unclear how much sort of free will they have they might be just those sort of ghosts that do things automatically and who's who's in charge of them good question uh well, let me, that's, uh... We can okay. wait on that. No, no, I've got it here. Here it is. Their captain uh, is was named Bernard Foke, or Hendrik van der Deken. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> either Bernard Foke, or... You spell that? F-O-K-K-E. Bernard Foke. Or, uh, Hendrik van der Deken. Hendrik van der Deken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is richtig. No, that's German. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was it was fine. Uh, so the uh, oldest recorded appearance that we have of the Flying Dutchman uh, goes back to 1790, and is recorded in John McDonald's travels in various ports of Europe, Asia, and Africa uh, during a series of 30 years and upwards. That's the full title. Oh. All right. Yeah, and it said, "Quote." The weather was so stormy that the sailors said that they saw the Flying Dutchman. The common story is that this Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into harbour, but could not get a pilot to conduct her, and was lost, and that ever since, in very bad weather, her vision appears. Interesting. So it, it it comes back in the same conditions in which it was lost. Uh, yes, according to that story, there are, there are other origin stories. But uh, before I continue on, do you have any? Do you add some Holland facts? Some Netherlands um, facts? We actually have uh, Honus if you would, Wagner facts. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind saying, Honus Wagner presents baseball facts. Honus Wagner presents baseball facts. The longest baseball game was 25 innings between the Brewers and the White Sox in 1984. The game was stopped after 17 innings for rest with the score tied at three. I think that's a good call. No, but then they resumed. How long did they get to rest? I think a couple hours. I would say, like, let's pick this back up tomorrow. Maybe they did. It may have been the next day. Uh, Play resumed and Harold Baines ended the game in the 25th inning with a home run. The game's eight-hour and six-minute length does not include the rest period. Sounds like that must be a real pitcher's duel. Yeah, eight hours of of (laughs) one game, pure like like who would have seen that whole horrible thing? That's awful. No, although I imagine if you did watch that whole thing by the end when you saw that guy hit that dinger, oh my God, what a rush! Yeah, if you were into it, yeah, that must have been exciting. Yeah, like if you were the kind of person that likes a long, tension baseball game, then that's your game. Yeah, so many people like that. Um, the first World Series took place in 1903 between the Pirates and the Boston Americans, uh, later became the Red Sox. Mm. Boston won. 
The next World Series, the second one, was canceled because the National League's New York Giants refused to play their bitter rivals to Boston Americans. The Giants owner claimed that the American League was not a real league and went on to declare his team the 1904 World Champions. Wow. What a way to win a World Series. Yes. Yeah. say that you won. <laughs> That's how they won the nineteen oh. That's how the nineteen oh four World Series was decided. Much in a, like it was like a Republican primary. Yeah, we got. It. I won. I'm yeah. the winner, so I won. Yeah, that's what he did. He didn't want to play. He just declared himself the winner. I mean, it's it's one way to go. Yeah. Uh, number three, the New York Mets and New York Yankees. I think you may know this story. Faced off in the two thousand World Series. Mm, the Subway there, Series. Right. There was additional tension between the two teams. Uh, after Roger Clemens had drilled Mike Piazza in the head during the regular season. Mm. So Piazza stepped to the place, plate against Clemens and hit a foul ball. The pitch broke Piazza's bat and one of the shards landed near Clemens. What happens next is still confusing. Clemens took the pointed bat shard and hucked it at Piazza as he was trotting to first base. Clemens would later say he thought it was the ball. <laughs> what? Wow, it's funny that you know you figure a, a baseball pitcher would be pretty familiar with a ball. Yeah, yeah, like and be able to distinguish it from a, a pointed bat shard. Yeah, and also you don't normally throw the ball at, at the, the base runner. That's that's a strategy that I think they've they've banned that. Yeah, I think that's that's a different game. That's what is that dodgeball? I think that's uh, butts up. Oh, yeah, or seven up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's illegal. You can't throw the ball. But he threw a. I mean, like technically, but he could have. He could have hurt the guy. I mean, it was. It was like a rate, like a sharp piece of broken bat. Yeah, and I think uh, the Rockets got a bit of an arm on him, as I understand it. Yeah. Well, with all those steroids, you yeah, know. Yeah, he fucking ought to. Yeah, really. Those are your three uh, first. Honus Wagner presents baseball facts, Chevy. Let's get back to the Flying Dutchman. Okay, so. Uh... Another uh, origin story, other than uh, getting just a, a shipwreck in a storm uh, after not being guided into port, uh, there's also uh, the sailors of the Flying Dutchman are said to be cursed to stale, sail the sea until they pay for a sin that they have committed a long time ago. Do they know what sin it is, or do they have to guess? Well, the sin might be that uh, Captain Bernard de Furke, uh, this this one is attributed to Bernard de Furke. Not him. Not the other. Who's not the other Hendrik guy? van der Duyck. Right. Uh, that uh, Bernard Furke was alleged to have sold his soul to the devil in exchange oh. for his famous sailing speed. Uh, in 1678, he sailed from the Dutch Republic to Java in just over three months, which is unheard of. You're definitely worth your soul. Yeah, I, to get to Java in three months. Yeah, sign and, me up. And, yeah, I would love to go to Java in three months. Now that I think about it, what would be the equivalent of that now? Like, if you could get, if you could get to uh, work, just teleport. Would you sell your soul? <sighs> My commute is a little bit longer than I'd like right now. Soul or no soul? No, no, no. I feel like I kind of. I feel like I'm. Anytime someone sells their soul, I feel like it doesn't go well. It yeah, you're was, right. Well, that's how it's portrayed in popular fiction, but who knows? It's true, and I, it might have worked out for Faust. I never saw how that opera ended. Nor did I. <laughs> so, uh, the sailors... so well read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are said to call out to passing ships, asking them to deliver letters to their families on land. 
Don't do it or you'll join their Curse of the Damned. Uh, let's see. What happens if you do join the crew? Do you just start luring other people in? Uh, I think at that point, since you might have lost your soul, uh, that you no longer have a will. So I think you just crew the ship, beg for people to send your letters to land, steal their soul when they get on your boat. But beyond that, like you're just sort of an automaton. Oh my god! Us. It's like you're like you're like a silver ball, but and and Hendrik. I mean, uh, who? What's his name? Baki. Uh, uh, Bernard Foke. Bernard Foke. Uh, he is he he's just commanding. Is he like the tall man, and the other crew members are the silver balls? I think I think he's also suffering. I think he's just as free of uh, or devoid of any free will as the others are. So who I, cursed them? I think some sort of. Uh, like the devil and uh, evil s- god of the sea something like that interesting I, I think they are they are punished i think they are not uh of their own free will it's the vibe that i get from them are they aware of it it must be such a sad painful existence i think they're like half aware that's enough <laughs> yeah yeah i think they're aware that they're suffering but i think that might be about it oh great that's all they're aware of yeah yeah poor bastards yeah pull the plug yeah, someone sink this damn boat. Uh, I don't think that would help. I mean, they're they're un, they're they're undead. Fair enough. Well, I've got uh, let's see, a couple more sightings. And, Ooh, I like sightings. Well, all right, I'll tell you. Uh, here's on July eleventh, eighteen eighty one, four a.m. off the coast of Australia, between Melbourne and Sydney. Aboard the HMS Inconstant. Guess who's on board? Incontinent? No, Inconstant. Oh. Guess who's on board the boat? 1881. It's not Lincoln. No. (laughs) It is uh, Prince George of Wales, the future King George V. Oh. I would not have guessed that, but cool. George reported seeing... Yeah, he was out visiting the Australian colonies, I guess. And he reported seeing a red glowing ship 200 Uh-oh. yards off the port bow. It's, they sailed towards it and it disappeared. Six hours later, a sailor fell from the fore top mast and died. <laughs> what, what a weird coincidence. No, it's because the uh, Flying Dutchman is a portent of doom. Either that or, or there's a clumsy guy and, it's, and he died. Right after they saw the Flying Dutchman? Well, there's nothing in the lore to suggest that... Oh, well, you just said it's, it pretends doom. Yeah. But did you make that up based on that story, or is that no, part no, of it? No, that's part of it. It's a bad omen. Oh, I it's had, a bad omen. Oh, so if you see it, even... Yeah, Even if awful. you don't get on the ship, you're you're in trouble. Yeah, although it might be just not, like, putting you in trouble. It might just be a bad omen. It might just be appearing... It, you know, where... That's what I mean, like a, black do- like a black cat or a black dog or... Yeah, yeah, same vibe. Oh, well, it, except it's more immediate. I mean, that guy just took a took a dive right after he saw it, right? About six hours later. Maybe it was suicide. Maybe he saw the ship and it drove him crazy or something. That would be cooler. It could be. Maybe it induced sea madness, or maybe it made him so like afraid and paranoid that he wasn't paying attention to his job, which was very dangerous. I like. I like that death. he. I, I would rather he threw himself off because it drove him mad. Well, 
Okay, we'll keep that in mind for Fight Night, and we'll in- include madness-inducing powers. Okay, cool. That That's close enough for me. I'll go with that. All right. Uh, let's see. So, Tales of the Flying Dutchman have inspired a bunch of art over the years, uh, most of it going back to uh, Richard Wagner's opera The Flying Dutchman from 1843. Uh, you know, he gets a bum rap because... Just because Hitler liked Wagner doesn't mean Wagner was a Nazi. Like, he died before a Nazism. It's true. A lot of shitty people like things that I like. You can't yeah. let... The, especially, you know, I wouldn't sweat it too much. I mean, yeah, but you, he gets a real bad rep, you know? Like, he gets associated... I mean, I'm sure he he's was... He's got an, some bad vibes. Uh, he was sure an anti-Semite anyway, but, I mean, he wasn't a Nazi. I mean, yeah, it was at impossible. least he didn't have camps, you know? Right, That's, yeah. That's when anti-Semitism really goes too far. He wanted camps, but he didn't have them, so yeah. let's give him that. Let's, we got to build bridges in the community somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey. All right. So we were just talking about Nazis. <laughs> uh, of course. Do you want to guess who was the most recent uh, recorded sighting of the flying Of a Nazi? Nazi? Yeah. Oh, of um, a Nazi? Yeah, in your town, every town in America. Yeah, I was about to say, it's very easy. Go ahead. Uh, the most recent sighting of the Flying Dutchman. Um, I would bet it was within the last 10 years. Well, the most recent one that I could find was actually uh, when it was spotted by Hitler's successor, Admiral Karl Dönitz. That was Hitler's successor? Yes, after Hitler shot himself, this guy ran Germany for a little bit less than a month before he was arrested by the English for war crimes. <laughs> Why would he take that position? I guess somebody's got to do it. No, no one had to do it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it. I would surrender. I would be like, no, I was no, not. No, we don't have not. a leader. No, Carl Donuts. No, my name is Albert. I like how he's Carl Donuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. It's D-O with the two dots over it. N-U-T-S. Donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's him. They got they named a guy named Carl Donuts the Fuhrer after Hitler. That's great trivia. Yeah, and he um My yeah, he, donuts. Was, he was the admiral of the Nazi fleet <laughs> and he uh reportedly had an encounter with a flying Dutchman. Good. Yeah, and it turns out it did turn out to be pretty bad luck for him in yeah. the run. <laughs> Cause he got hung by Israelis. So, no, I think even the English got him. I think that's when even non-Israelis were like, we really need to put some effort into this. <laughs> and also, finding the guy that succeeded Hitler is going to be pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I mean, Was he proud? Was he like, yes, I'm in charge now. It's me, Carl Donuts. I, uh, I, I didn't learn anything about his views towards his job. I know that he did not have it very long. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, I'm going to do a little Carl Donuts uh, research for next time and just have some Donuts facts. Sounds good. So, uh, speaking of facts, do you have any more Honus Wagner Presents Baseball Facts? Yes, I do, actually. Uh, All-star games don't have much meaning. You know that, Joel? I mean, don't they choose the location of the majority of games in your World Series? Uh, they it's home field advantage but they didn't used to like in the 70s they had no meaning they were just exhibition matches the ones okay. i'm talking about and the players didn't go all out most players at least uh but pete rose was not one of those players in the 1970 all-star game he was coming home in a tie game when the catcher ray fossey reached back to grab a throw 
And there was a huge collision, and Rose just steamrolled him to score the game-winning run. He was the only one playing at 100%. Fossey sustained a fractured and separated shoulder, which healed mm. incorrectly, causing chronic pain that was never entirely resolved. And it's one of the dirtiest plays in baseball history. Well, that's why they call him old P.D. Hustle. Always puts 100% on the field. Oh, I thought they called him P.D. Hustle because he was a gambler. Nope. No, nope, because of that 100% pure hustle. It's in his blood. Yeah, so is the so is the lying and gambling and, and creepiness and greasiness. 100% athlete, that PD hustle. If I had a team of nine PD hustles, you would be banned. Tough. You'd be banned from playing <laughs> if you had a team, <laughs> and none of them would be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Uh, number five. Baseball is referred to as America's national pastime, but that is hardly true. Uh, baseball averaged 40 million viewers, and 9% of people said it was their favorite sport from 2010 until 2022. Basketball averaged 50 million, and 11% said it was their favorite. Hmm. American football averaged 115 million, and yep. the, it was the favorite sport of 37% of fans. Yeah. So football is our national pastime. American football is our national pastime. No, that's fair. And, of course, number six, one of baseball's greatest all-time players, Ty Cobb, was an absolute bastard. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, racist as hell, old Ty Cobb. Yeah, he had a short fuse and emotional problems. Uh, he was also a vicious racist and frequent brawler. Uh, one episode from 1912 reinforces what a nasty bastard the Georgia Peach could be. That's what they called him. Mm. In a visit to New York, Cobb and a fan traded exceptionally profane insults with mothers and race entering the dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, according to the New York Times, Cobb hung out by the grandstands between innings with the heckler, who had lost his hands in a work accident. Cobb entered the stands and began viciously beating the man to the horror of everyone. Someone yelled that he had no right attacking a man with no hands, to which Cobb replied, I don't give an F if he has no feet. What? This incident <laughs> was not invented, as Cobb's lengthy suspension would prove. Cobb also sharpened his spikes in order to stab or slice fielders while sliding and absolutely, absolutely adored the N-word. Yeah, not a great ambassador for the sport of baseball. But he could hit. But, boy, yeah, he could swing a bat. you got to give him that. You can't take that away from him. Yes. Just, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, just careful who he's swinging it at. <laughs> so, we got all that Flying Dutchman stuff. And i got to tell you, this whole Flying Dutchman sounds pretty crazy to me, but can it love? werewolf ain't my dad but it's not so bad it might sound crazy but can it love can it give me a kiss can it hold my hand would it say i love you does it understand does it know that i've never felt this way before there's a full moon tonight so romantic and this might sound crazy but can it love K 
Can it love? <sighs> can it love? What a question. Can the Flying Dutchman love? Can a cursed boat love? <laughs> well, I'm going to come at it from this angle. Uh, okay. Of course, because it's Honus Wagner. Okay, you, so Honus Wagner, you also think is capable of love. Yes, uh, he loved baseball. Okay. Uh, he certainly loved Bessie Bain Smith, his wife, mm-hmm. and his three daughters, Betty Bain, Virginia May, and Elva Katrina. Uh, my first date with Honus, uh, or the Flying Dutchman, would be in Pittsburgh, so he could show me around the old ball- ballpark, and we could have a hot dog and peanuts and Cracker Jacks. And I don't care if we never come back. Well, that sounds like a great first date with old Honus Wagner. Yeah, and if it was with the Flying Dutchman, the boat... Um, what I would do is probably want it to come to port because I wouldn't want to meet it out at sea because I wouldn't want to become a cursed uh, seaman. Mm, so, that's fair. Yeah, so I would I would make it meet me for lunch at like one of those like seaside lobster places. Oh yeah, the great feature of Connecticut. Get yeah, down down to the Sound, pull up by some dock, get yourself a lobster roll. And if the zombie crew members want to come eat with me, that's fine. But I'm not, like, going to agree to take any messages or anything for them. And we can just get to know each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to say the Flying Dutchman, the boat, cannot love. I'm going to say the crew uh, possibly can. Uh, So for a first date, I'm going to take them down to my job at the post office. (laughs) So they can mail the letters to their family and tell them that they love me now. Oh, I'm not coming back to you anymore. I've left you for this small town postal worker. <laughs> I like that. That's but can it fuck? <laughs> that sounds crazy, but can it fuck? There was this porn chick named B.B. Jones. Okay. That I, I was reading about. This kind of connects. And, um... She was hired by an agent mm-hmm. to go have sex with baseball players. Okay, such try- as Honus Wagner. Such well, this was later, but it could have been, you know, Honus Wagner if he had Honus Wagner in- Jr. Right. Or the third, actually, because his kids died in the eighties. Fair enough, Honus Wagner the third. Right. And uh BB Jones uh had sex with ten baseball players in two thousand and ten, she said. Uh, and some of them signed with the agent, and then they parted ways. But she did win a 2012 AVN Award for Hottest Sex Scene for The Babysitters 2, along with Jesse Jane, Riley Steele, Caden Cross, Stoya, and Manuel Ferrara. Okay. Well, congratulations. That's fine work. Yeah. I mean, it must have been good. Yeah. So I think, yes, uh, Honus Wagner can definitely do sex. And I don't think the Flying Dutchman boat can do sex. I, I think that's a definite no. I don't think it has genitals. I don't think the crew members have libidos. I think it's cursed, and I think the sexuality has been drained from this cryptid. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Although I will say there was a, uh, well, no, no. I'm going to say, say nothing. Oh, I was going to mention, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the, there was a Flying Dutchman in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, but I don't want to talk about Johnny Depp, and I feel like that would be inevitable. 
I haven't watched any of that, but Nicole has watched all, the whole trial and has been kind of keeping me abreast of uh, the trial. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like a real circus. Uh, it seems like mildly entertaining, but sad at the same time. And something like I don't want to spend time with. No, none of my business. Yeah, none of exactly none of my business. You know, it's just like these people are obviously miserable and they're torturing each other. And like we do that enough to each other all the time. I don't need to watch someone else do it. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just miserable. So you know, let's not let's not revel in other people's pain, especially sick people. It's fight night. Fight. We've got some great transitions going this episode. I like the transitions. It, the transitions in this episode are when you get uncomfortable, you just yell out the next uh, segment. Sure do, and it's really kept us moving along. This is gonna, this is gonna be a really tight episode. I think it's going great so far. Do you love it? Oh yeah, yeah, really moving along. I like so, it. We have a good pace. So we got the Flying Dutchman the versus. Boat. How many, many prime Shaquille O'Neal's? Why don't we, you know what? Let's not ask you, Shibble. Let me ask Shaquille O'Neal himself. Shaq, how many prime U's would it take to defeat the Flying Dutchman? All right. I'm going to say my prime. I got a boat. Because <laughs> I don't think it's fair for me to have to swim and fight the boat. Fair so enough. I need enough to crew my boat. Would that be Anthony Hardaway? Uh, that's going to be at least three other shacks. Oh, 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 I was thinking teammates, but you're right, other, other prime shacks, correct. Yeah, yes. Why, why go for a, a Penny Hardaway when you can have another shack? Right, that's stupid of me. I apologize, Shaq. It's all right. He's a great player. So I'm going <laughs> to say... Uh, with the four of us crew in the boat, then we'll need maybe three to board and clear out these ghost pirates. Well, ghost sailors. How would you clear them out, Jack? Fisticuffs. Fisticuffs? Yep. And you wouldn't accept Brawling. No, not touching a single letter. I'm not here to play games. Oh, it's fight that, night. <laughs> that was very Shaq-like. <laughs> it's fight night, baby. Thank you, Shaq. And now let's move on to our second fight on the card. Yeah. And I'm going to agree with Shaq on that one. Seven Shaqs seems like enough. Oh, absolutely. If not less. Yeah. Because, I mean, if he's not accepting letters and not falling for the chicanery, you know, I mean, I say two, three in a crew and maybe two board even. Yeah. I mean, he, he can clear them out quick if there's no danger. So. Well, they move- might also, they might have some sort of arms on there though as oh, a merchant like ship as a merchant ship probably not too much but enough to defend themselves from pirates and privateers you're right you're right like so so old school like yeah but how long do those take to load and stuff yeah yeah and Shaq you know they're also fast. they're dead you know yeah they're rickety and Shaq was so fast and agile for his size and he has his reach oh my god yeah, yeah. That's why I'm thinking maybe three shacks up on there, just to be safe. 
All right, the Flying Dutchman versus Wayne LaPierre in only a garter belt and leather vest, but with all the guns he can carry. I don't know who that is. He's the head of the NRA. Oh, okay. Boy, all the guns he can carry? Yes, but he's wearing a black garter belt and a leather vest, and that's it. Okay, so his dong is out. Yeah, yeah, his dong is definitely out. It's, oh my God, is it small? Yeah, and I'm going to say that's going to... I know if I was fighting, I would find that to be distracting. (laughs) Even if you were undead? Uh... No, no. I mean, if I was if I was Wayne Lapierre in this situation, oh. I would find it difficult. I would find that to be off-putting. Wait, wait. But you you're thinking he has shame. He doesn't have shame. That's fair. Not not even the shame. I'm thinking just like it'll probably be cold. Yeah, no. But he's it would be shame because he has such a small penis that I think that he would be feel ashamed in front of these well-endowed sailors. It's true. So, yeah, I'm going to put the, the crew of the Flying Dutchman up on that one. You're absolutely right, because all those guns won't amount uh, to anything, because a good guy with a gun is no match for a bad guy with a gun, as we have found out. We yeah, have the but flying... also, this guy is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, also, uh, <laughs> he is a bad guy with uh, a bunch of guns. Okay, <laughs> we have the Flying Dutchman versus the Flying Dutch Woman. Who's the Flying Dutch Woman? It's the same boat, but it's female. Okay, a lady boat. You did this exact same thing with hat name. I know, but it's fun. I like to see when, when you have to like divide them by gender and then put them up against each other. Okay, well, I'm going to say... Especially uh, a boat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one's going to be a draw. Why? Uh, because I feel like they would have similar fighting capabilities. They've both got cursed crews. Uh, they've both got the same number of cannons. And men and women are equal in most ways, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to make any assumptions. I agree with you. Okay, the Flying Dutchman versus Honus Wagner and the 1911 Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, so the 1911 Pirates, you're probably going to have, what, like 12, 16 guys? Yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to say that's a little bit less than the crew of the uh, the the Dutchman, but they've got not bats. too much less. They do have bats, and once again, they got some speed. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put this one on uh, on uh, old Hans, the Flying Dutchman Wagner. All right, we have the Flying Dutchman versus Trevor and Purcell from Candyman, but they're carrying Morning Stars. Okay. Helen. What do you mean you don't know who the Candyman is? She you doesn't even know who the Candyman candy is, Purcell. She doesn't even know. Oh, goodness. How um, are you going to bury me then? <laughs> so they have morning stars, you say? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to put this one on the Dutchman. Uh, Trevor and Purcell, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they just, they're born to die. They are. They're just horror movie fodder. Yeah. Okay. Flying Dutchman versus you and I. Okay. And our crew, because we, we, a crew would have to pilot the ship. Yeah. Uh, captain the ship. And you and I would board the Dutchman, but we had been trained by Habib Nurmagomedov's Henry Cejudo, and Kamaru Usman for a year each. Okay. Together. For a year? 
Yeah, I bet in a year I could get there. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, but they, you know, cardio too. So I wouldn't be heavy anymore. Yeah, and I would definitely, yeah, wouldn't get winded as quickly. Yeah, and we'd that be probably in like, like add muscle and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, obviously I could use some help with my technique. Well, me too. I mean, we I, yeah. and those guys are the best there are. So I mean, you know. Yeah, I bet in a year we could we could take down a bunch of decrepit zombies on the boat of on a boat. Oh yeah, because if we arm their arm would probably rip right out. Yeah, yeah, and but I would be worried about getting shot. One of <laughs> us might get shot. Well, that's the risk you take when you board the yeah. Flying Dutchman. Or stabbed with a sword. Actually, I'm feeling less confident. That's a good point. Maybe we lose. Yeah. Boy, this one might also be a draw. <laughs> okay. Flying Dutchman versus Nellie Bly. Uh, the reporter. Right. Now we can skip that one. The Flying Dutchman versus the Scooby Gang as cartoons, but with hyper-realistic and super-developed personalities. Okay. So, like, a really well-written cartoon. Well, like, Velma has, like, 20, you know, 20 different um, dimensions. Like, she has a bunch of stuff going on. You know about her backstory, her parents. She has, like, attitudes politically, you know, like, Shaggy yeah, has so a backstory. So, like, if they were all real. Right. Now, I'm going to say their expertise. I know that this has changed more in the recent years, but to me, the classic Scooby gang is better at taking down people posing as ghosts than actual ghosts. So I'm going to put this one on the Flying Dutchman. I think that's an excellent point. You're right. Actual ghosts would give them trouble. Yeah. And they're dumb enough to accept a note, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They'd find, you know, like a letter on the ground. They'd be like, oh, it's a clue. Jinkies. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, oops, it was a letter to their family. Now we're all cursed. Last but not least, the Flying Dutchman versus Eric Trump with two Freddy gloves, his Mm. teeth hand filed into fangs. And information from the Matrix downloaded into him, bringing his IQ to an even 80. Mm, I still don't think he's got the fighting abilities, and I know those Trump boys prefer guns to hand-to-hand combat because they are cowards. That's correct. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to put this on the Dutchman. That was an easy one. I had to throw in an easy one for you. Well, I appreciate it, and boy, that Dutchman, though, it's pretty pretty intensely frightening, I want to say. It is. It's you know, this is the kind of story, you know, we do we do some monsters that I can get over, you know, right after the yeah. show. I'm like, it's not gonna get me. It's not it's not real. Even though it's not worried be. about Star Jelly appearing in your Right, house. right. Star Jelly was one that that really got to me, by the way. That was a yeah. good example. But this one is terrifying. And um, I gotta tell you, I'm not gonna sleep tonight until you tell me, Shibble, is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Hey! Uh, not really. <laughs> not really real. Uh, or at the very least, there is a very normal explanation for, for a bright sightings. red glowing ship that abducts people and flies to the sky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the fa- it's actually uh, thought to be a phenomenon called Fata Morgana. Uh, which is named after Morgan Le Fay, but uh, in the Spanish name, Morgan Le Fay being... Was she a pirate? She was a uh, witch of Arthurian legend. Uh. Uh, and it's basically, it's a specific type of mirage 
that reflects surface level objects in the sky sort of directly above them. And it happens because uh, light bends as it passes through air of different temperature. So it's basically just sort of a reflection of a boat in the sky. Why does it glow red then? Uh, that might be because the sun is setting and so it's giving it a reddish tint. Explain the zombie crew members. I think that is largely filled in by uh, the imaginations of sailors long at sea seeing a boat flying in the sky. Oh, so they just added that part? I think that might be more, uh, uh, what do you want to call them, tall tales. What a skeptic you are today. Well, that's that's the, the, I mean, and when I say to you, light bending through different temperature air, that does sound like bullshit. That does sound like, oh, that UFO is a weather balloon. Right. So, it's possible that there is a Flying Dutchman out there. Okay, that's but all But it I is also possible that it's this. I mostly was trying to come off so strong because I didn't want you to have nightmares tonight. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. But you've got to be honest with me. I mean, like, if it brings nightmares, it brings nightmares. The truth is what's important. It's true. I don't want you to be unaware and unprotected when you're out on the high seas. Yeah, really. Would you rather lie to me and have me taken by the Dutchman? Yeah, next thing you know, you're accepting letters from that ghastly crew of evil seamen. <laughs> evil seamen is also a pitch that I have with Full Moon Productions. <laughs> Reach out to me, E.E., about I think evil it's on Tubi right now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Tubi has the worst knockoffs of horror movies. I love Tubi. It has, like, That's... the evil nun instead of the nun, and it's just, like, a lady dressed up as a nun with, like, bad makeup, but, like, a redo of the nun, which was already so a bad movie. Like those uh, uh, asylum movies, like Transmorphers. Right. That company. Right. Yeah, I lo- God bless those guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, and they do all, like, those paranormal activity knockoffs, like Gacy House and, like, the Richard Speck one. Yeah. You ever hey, see those? They're, they're, no. they're, I mean, they entertain me. Yeah, I'm sure that they they serve a, a niche in the market. Yeah, free movies. And God on bless Tubi. them. They're making movies. Yeah, yeah, they're doing their yeah. You know, they're following their dream. That's a good point. You're very yeah. positive today. I like that. You're you're uplifting. Yeah, it's because I'm just having a great weekend so far. That's a mate. What what is that? Is that is that no no no? Is that is that the Flying Dutchman? No, that's the red light from Uncle Monster. But it's glowing red and it's coming toward... Are, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. If I'm it's the Flying sure. Dutchman it takes me, it's your fault. It's me! Oh, it's you, Uncle Monster. Hey, guys, what a great show. Thank you, Uncle. Boy, I've never heard such a show. <laughs> Normally when you're recording, I'm in the other room. <laughs> What do you do in the other room? I've been catching up on my stories. What's... <laughs> like Judge Judy? Like what story? I like to watch General Hospital. Do you know the original hospital they used for the exteriors in Connecticut? Well, which, which one is it? It was Stamford Hospital. That's amazing. Do you... Can you give me, because I know that I have nothing to do until the next episode of Uncle Monster. Can you give me some movie suggestions that I might enjoy? I sure can! Have you seen the first five minutes of Ghost Ship? Is, 
No, Triangle I've seen, but not Ghost Ship. You should watch only the opening sequence of Ghost Ship. The rest you can skip. <laughs> is it good or is it funny? It's great. It's really cool. And then the rest of the movie's dumb. Does your brother have any uh, movie suggestions? I don't know. I'll ask him though. Uncle Monster 2, do you got any movies? Hey, uh, Uncle at least Monster two. 1. How are uh, you? Great. I suggest watching Ken Burns Baseball. If you like baseball, 10 hours worth. Also, watch the new Conjuring and the new Paranormal Activity if you're unsure whether sequels really do get worse as the franchise progresses. Boy, the devil made me watch it. They do. Huh? The devil made me watch it. Oh, it was terrible. I'll see you next time, Shibble. I love you. I love you too, Uncle Monster 2. And we love you, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this week for our episode about the Flying Dutchman. And Honus Wagner. And also, a little bit of Honus Wagner. Uh, Oh my god, we didn't get to my last facts. God damn it. Oh, give me a quick baseball facts presented by Honus Wagner. Baseball's home run king is Hank Aaron, not Barry Mm. Bonds. No, Hammer and Hank. Hank Aaron has 755 home runs. Bonds has more, however, with 762. Except Barry Bonds is a fucking cheater and a liar. What still remains to be decided for Bonds is his standing with professional baseball writers who can deny him entry into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Writers have blocked Bonds and other figures from the steroid era like Roger Clemens and Mark McGuire from getting into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Thankfully, and I hope they never get in. Number eight. Top five Mm. pitches in baseball history. R.A. Dickey's knuckleball. Mariano Rivera's cutter. Mm. Clayton Kershaw's 12 to 6 curveball mm-hmm. Satchel Paige's hesitation pitch mm. That was where he would like do his whole windup and stop And the batter would swing sometimes before he threw it Wow And that of course really number one like Sandy Koufax's curveball Ah Sandy Koufax And number nine Oh it's the B.B. Jones story about sleeping with, with the players <laughs> I, already, I already got to that one <laughs> Alright well Thank you so much for sticking around for that final bit of baseball facts. Thank you for following us on Twitter at Uncle Monster Podcast. Thank you for checking out our Patreon at Uncle Monster Six, our Instagram at Uncle Monster Six. And keep checking it out. We love hearing from you guys. We love when you like stuff. We love interacting with you guys because you're freaking awesome. Yes. And uh, until next time, <gasps> don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked.